It's the Black Swan Podcast, baby. We're raw. Welcome to the Week 7 edition of the Black Swan Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. And let's not waste any time. Let's just get into it. Big win over Fitch, just ran it down their goddamn throats. Um, Rob, what did you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think that summed it up pretty well, honestly. We ran it on them. All we did was just run it on them all game long, basically. Put up over 400 yards rushing. There's nothing they could do about it. Um, Their guys wanted nothing to do with our running attack by the end of the game. Uh, That became pretty evident. And, uh, you know, we're out there making a point, Uh, establishing the run and, kind of uh sticking it to him a little bit i think yeah um i'm gonna be honest one of my favorite bits on this podcast is you coming in saying you absolutely have nothing to say about the previous week's game so you ask me off rip what i think about the game i have to keep doing the intro you have to keep going off rip that's how we do it okay um yeah i mean there's really not much else to say we just ran power down their throats only went Six for ten passing, but we did have two pass interferences. Um, as far as I'm concerned, those 30 total yards there should count for passing yards. Uh, defense just still blitzing the hell out of teams. Black Swarm's going off. I have a good comparison for you, though. Welch it's Trayvon Diggs. Hmm. What do you think? Very handsy, in your face, physical. High motor dude, and will bite on any and every double move you ever run at him. I was gonna let you talk yourself into that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, an aggressive player. Yeah. It's you know, it for the most part, it's good till that double move hits and ew, gone for six. Yeah. Well, you know, we blitz a lot, uh, so theoretically, the ball should be coming out quicker. More times than not, it's probably going to be on the first action, the first move. Uh, you jump some, you know, um, waiting for the numbers. You know, like with Trayvon Diggs, you're talking about like, yeah. like eight interceptions his rookie year or something. Um, back in the day, Marcus Peters would jump every single route possible in the NFL, and he got a bunch of interceptions from it, and then started getting burnt more and more. Uh, Diggs gave up the most yards in NFL history last year. Uh so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's the concept, right? Yeah, An aggressive yeah. player looking to jump routes, uh, really physical. So, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, but to, to his defense, you know, he's going to get put on the island every now and then. Yeah. Like, big plays are going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, you know, take your shots. Take your chances. That's who he is. Exactly. Um, you know, not to unfairly attack the kids on the podcast. I just went a little ball busting because he is – Overall, a phenomenal player. Uh, I remember last year with the Pick Central game, you know, no idea who the kid was, and he was just all over the field making plays all game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, like you said, playing out there on an island within the structure of our defense. He's going to be playing out there, and 
the quarterback's not always going to have time to throw those double moves, so it makes sense for him to bite up on the first route he sees a lot. So, I mean, it's it's what our defense is now. Yeah, you're going to get got, but you're going to get yours. And yeah, with that, you still have to be situational. I think. Yeah, and not even specific to him, but in general, you know, we do blitz a lot. A lot of the times, it's going to be a quicker pass, like you say. But um, <clears throat> when you have a lead, when it's a long way to go, you know, third and 16. Mm-hmm. There's situations where you might not be looking for that first move, right? You need to play off a little bit, maybe have a little bit softer coverage. Um, you know, just kind of expecting stuff like that. Late in the game, like against Fitch, we're giving up some big plays where you're hoping that situation, like you're not getting beat. But, you know, it's uh, just another learning curve. Yeah. Um, I mean, a good game to learn it in. A lot of these games come down the stretch here, I think, are good learning opportunities. Not really much competition down the pipe here for us, probably until a couple weeks into the playoffs at least. So it's, you know, good you get the stuff out of the way now. Like, hey, you just smack the kid on the helmet, do better next time, you won't get burned again. Um, let me see. I think the only other real general note I had was that 23 had no real impact on the game whatsoever. Yep. Just apparently he got banged up early in the game or something and he was playing while I don't want to say injured playing while hurt either way sounds bad like when you're just talking about it yeah but athletes know the difference you know playing injured playing hurt exactly so it's better to say playing hurt but you know banged up got banged up a little bit but still I I mean he was kind of what I expected (laughs) played a little bit tall a little bit lean for that type of game Mm -hmm. uh potential sure yeah. All the potential in the world. You know, if Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, all these teams want him, the potential must be there. But, like I said, he's still a puppy. I mean, I remember specifically, like, the last couple drives just coming down and we were sitting right in front of, you know, where they yeah. scored at. And he got run at a few times, either just by how we, you know, his position in relation to our formation. But. He just seemed to want nothing to do with it by the end of the game. It was just like, yeah, almost wanted to say he was cutting, except if you really, like, watched him the entire time, it just looked like, you know, ball snapped, I'm down, I'm done. Like, yeah, yeah, have this play. Yeah, he was the most noticeable for us because, you know, I was specifically looking for him. You know, he was the guy I wanted to watch. Um, I wanted to see him get pushed around at the end of the game like he was. But... You know, if you kind of watch some of the clips, like their whole defensive line, they were they were tired, they were done. Like you said, they weren't really, I mean, maybe cutting, but like not good. It was more just falling. Yeah, it's like I'm just gonna cause a jam right here, and our linemen handled it well. You know, push him out of the way, lay on him. Um, that's one thing I noticed is that like 23 would like kind of just like go down, mm-hmm. and our linemen would still block. You know, they'd make a hole. You know, push him out of the way. Yeah. And, you know, Wine did a good job with it. And that, that defense, they were – they wanted that game to be over. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of the notes. I was looking at the box score and all the stats today. And not to be a stats nerd, but just looking at it, this game was just bananas. I mean, we – so, overall, we rushed 64 times for 406 yards at a cool 6.3 yards per carry. Only lost four yards total rushing. 
Uh, didn't give up any sacks on any of our 12 dropbacks, so marked improvement for the line. We almost doubled their time of possession, 31-58 to 16-02. We had the ball for 9 minutes, 15 seconds in the fourth quarter, just totally dominated. Yeah. We were 10 for 12 on third down and 2 for 2 on fourth. Yeah, so you're really setting yourself up, staying ahead of the sticks. And on that note, our average distance to go on third down was only three yards. Yeah, and that's that's really good. Um, our leading receiver was Trell on two swing routes out of the backfield for a cool 22 yards. And we only had one pass in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the ball three times in the fourth quarter, all touchdowns. Uh, only one drive did we have the ball that didn't end in halftime or end of the game that we didn't score, and that was on the interception in the third quarter. And our average drive was eight plays for 60 yards. Does it have the long longest run? Longest run? Yeah. Uh, I think that was only like 40 yards. Let me look. That's just stuff I made note of and had to do oh, okay. some. Gotcha. Had to do some, uh, you know, math on that. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, we put up all those yards, but it's not like we broke off a bunch of 60, 70, 80 yarders. So what I'm saying is it was a pretty consistent, you know, 6, 8, 10 yeah. yards, a grind, um, which I think makes the stats more impressive. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you break off some big runs, you can really inflate the stat book. But when you're doing it all game long, when you have that many third and fourth downs, but they're all short, um, that time of possession... I think all of that combined just shows you how dominant it was. Yeah, so Trell's longest run was only 40 yards. Pringle's longest was only 28. And Slaughter had a scramble for 13. Yeah, that Pringle one might have been the one at the very end of the game. Yeah. 28. I bet it was close to that. But, and the other part of this too is like if you didn't watch the game and you're just looking at the stats like oh you know Madison must be just running all sorts of wonky shit to be able to run the ball. No, we ran like power and a little bit inside zone out of two formations and that was it we just lined up hey this is what we're running stop it and they couldn't do anything mm-hmm. so just an overall i mean ridiculous game you know fitch we heard earlier in the week it, these are fake tough guys they never been punched in the mouth before so let's go out there let's punch them in the mouth and see how they react. And I got a couple. I got a quote here from their head coach. Ooh. Uh, what you saw throughout the game was their push up front, and they moved us. They beat us up quite simply. Yeah. To be blunt, they beat us up and pushed the ball, and we learned a hard lesson tonight. Got some soul searching to do. Oh yeah, that's that's a real look in the mirror type of game for Fitch right there. Yeah, I mean they were five and zero. Oh, um, and they've had a great season so far. and But, yeah, I mean, it's the first time that they've had to go against something like that. And, I mean, their schedule hasn't been tough. You know, people praise about Ursuline, but Ursuline's not very good. No. Uh, they beat up McKinley early in the year when McKinley was still forming. And we, we still don't really know what the true McKinley is. But I don't think they were what Fitch faced earlier no. in the season. So, I mean, Fitch hasn't really played anybody up until us. And... 
you know, they had three defensive linemen that were all, they all had offers from colleges. I think two of them were D1. Of course, the one is every college in the country. We beat that to death. But, like, their linebackers weren't very big. Even, I mean, like we said, like, the one defensive lineman who's amazing, he's only at 230. Like, that's not very big. And he's like 6'5", 230. Mm, so that's... Skinny. So that's even smaller, you know, relative. So uh, the chances were there to do it, to run on them. And I think it was a good statement for us to show that we can go out there and just dominate a team up front. We don't need to throw these big bombs. We don't even have to have slants, bang aches that break off for 80 yards. Like, we can just go out there and dominate a line. Yeah. um, I think that first drive was a real statement of – it was a real tone setting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, drive by the coaches, the players, the entire team. It reminded me a lot of, I think it was, I want to say Penn Trafford, one of the Pennsylvania teams back in twenty. 20- that sounds right. It was either them or Gateway. Gateway, and I think it was Trafford, who they came in, they got the ball first, they marched down on like a sixteen play drive, just emptied the playbook, did everything in their power. I think managed to get a touchdown, and. We got the ball back, and we just ran it down their fucking throats. Like eight plays, you know, six yards of carry, touchdown, mm-hmm. and just that was it. And this reminded me a lot of that. Like we came out there with a purpose on that first drive. Um, you know, in that first half, it was kind of like, okay, we, d- we you know, practice some stuff, game plan some stuff. Let's see what we can do. Uh, we had one snap of like a – wide bunch that I think they saw something in the Ursuline game that they must have liked, but we just ran it with a quick tag screen and then didn't need to go back to anything else out of it. Uh, threw the ball a little bit, and then after that probably just looked at each other at halftime in the locker room like, they can't stop the run. Let's, you know, make them stop it. Yeah, don't overcomplicate it. Right. Right. You know, listen to everything that everybody from the early 2000s used to tell us, right? Don't need to. You don't need to play that four D chess. They, you know, run yeah. until they stop you. Yeah. You don't need to play four D chess when the other team's playing tic tac toe. Yeah. So, I mean, big statement win. Uh, a different kind of statement win than Ed's was, but a statement nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got on it. I guess get a quick word in from our sponsors at Ground Zero MMA. If you go down there, huh? Can we go down? Let's let's go down there and do a do a shoot. I'm down. And I'll beat your ass at while what? We're down there, pick yoga? your poison. <laughs> okay, you might be more flexible than me. Nah, sure, you got me at yoga. I, I'm listen, sure. If anybody here practices yoga, it's not me. No, I. But listen, I know you can bend over way farther. Than anything I can. else? All beat right. your ass. I I'm sure. That's so. Any of the things that. I'll beat Robin, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, yoga, any sort of private lessons. And even though this isn't applicable to us, kids training, you know, once we both have little guys running around, I'm sure my kids will beat your kids' ass too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, just go for it. Yeah. You know, hey, got to shoot your shot. (laughs) Apparently. I don't know how that applied there, but it's the first phrase that came to my mind. Anyway, Ground Zero MMA. Fighting gym, uh, even if like that's not your thing, just a, a different way to get some cardio in, You know, going a couple rounds on the heavy bag. It's a lot more fun than just running for miles on the treadmill. Um, 
if you're into lifting, any kind of working out, you need to stretch. So go and get in those yoga classes in. Just a phenomenal way to, uh, you know, get that overall health for your body. So what I'm saying with that is, you know, there's, it's not just a fighting gym. There's more ways to use it. If you want to check them out, you know, you can go to their website, GroundZeroMMA.com, Ground Zero Masslin Martial Arts on Facebook, GZ underscore MMA on Insta, or you can just go stop in in person, 133 First Street Northeast, 44646, across from Masslin Transmission and Chloe's Diner. So big shout out to those guys. Uh, we'll get into some film review and then keep her moving, huh? Sounds good. All right. All right, now let's get into a little film room action. First up, we got Pringle. Check out some defense first before we get into the offense. All right, just uh, Pringle playing in space on the option keeper on the QB. Good play. Another downhill play by him. A lot of defense on these highlights. I was expecting to see like one or two maybe runs of his, but not much to be found. Oh, he didn't even include his big run on there? I don't think so. Well, it's repeating, so apparently not. No, no. I think he just put that in there twice on accident. I'm watching the bar at the bottom. Oh. So we're just, yeah, we are watching this over again. All right. Yeah, not much highlights of his then. Like three plays. Uh, hey, I mean, hey, where do we got? Right? I mean, great play on the goal line there. Yeah, let's keep her moving. Next up, we got Paige. Playing strong safety for us, I think. A lazy route. Yeah. Quarterback breaks contained, tries to do something with the ball. Page air sticking on his man through a scramble drill. Not an easy assignment. So here you got a 2-3 stack from the trips. Always uh, weird, something funky's going on. Use them to crack block on a toss action. Page coming down, filling D-gap from the roof. Is that Weebler at corner right there? Uh, That's a good play. Good play getting off the block. Yeah. You know, hack like safeties that can come down and tackle. Yep. That's a big thing you need in a quarters defense like we got. Be able to play on the roof and down in the box at the same time. Here's another play. Just a little swing skirt, little swing on the goal line. Oof. Not a play call I would, you know, necessarily endorse, but hey, they didn't get a safety. Another trips look. It's just kind of what they tried to operate in all night. Just a little power read action, but out of the toss look rather than a sweep by the halfback. So we got. All right. Keep her moving. This one is just one one play highlight for Liebs. Uh, real early in the game, bubble screen. I just wanted to highlight it because we're playing our cover three cloud here. Um where, you know, if you drew it on a whiteboard, coverage is going to look like a basic cover three, except your field side corner is down playing the uh, flat. We've 
played this for years with varying mm. levels of aggressiveness from the corner. Yeah. Sometimes it's real hard jump that bubble. Sometimes it's kind of soft, you know, sink, play that, almost that whole curl flat area. But it's just a different way to play cover three, give a different, you know, window dressing to the offense, and keep our cover two shell, make it look like quarters for as long as possible, and give them an entirely different coverage to have to deal with. Yeah. Usually – You've seen it, or at least you've seen the success of it come against bubble screens. Teams yeah. that like to run the bubble screens, you have the corner that jumps it real quick. So here we'll see it, laid the wood, and it wasn't just the offense setting the tone early. Schwack. It almost looked like he got there before the ball did. Yeah, I was about to say that, but I didn't. <laughs> but it did kind of look like he beat him to the yeah well I mean yeah. hey they're not going to call it you go with a flag go with a flag shut up keep doing it well you can see the safeties kind of rotate over your field safety playing the deep third your uh, backside safety playing the middle third and then your backside corner just kind of putting him out on an island if you yeah. had any receiver out there but yeah and you're not going to get that call no behind the line of scrimmage the ball still hits you in the chest even if contact's early you're not going to get that call but just way to set the tone absolutely all right we'll keep her moving now unless you got anything else on that one no to uh some snodgrass highlights little tackle action here it's just a little power action mm. not Necessarily highlight worthy. <laughs> I think it was a hold. This one, I like the little bit of creativity we showed early from the offense. Let me, oh, just a little boot off a jet sweep. I don't know if we ever run that before. And it just works out to a simple read for the quarterback. You know, you got your flat, your clear out from the number one, and just a crosser coming from the other side. Basically, build kind of a flood concept. Should be an easy read. Just slaughter had to throw off his back foot mm-hmm. and couldn't yeah. get enough juice on the ball corner undercut the route hey that's a good play by the corner be able to get there in time this one phenomenal play passing off that stunt you could see the uh, dn stunts inside early come on there we are yeah and stunts inside he passes off to his guard and picks up the looping three tech also, great readout on that play by Slaughter to get the ball out to his flat route. Free release against the Blitz. Something, you know, a lot of quarterbacks might not be wanting to do. I think that last play might have been against that big-time recruit. 23? I couldn't tell, but... Well, we can get there early. May have been. Yeah, this one. Uh, uh, no, nah, nah, back twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's a linebacker that came up. All right, so that's all we got for that. Um, next up, well, next highlight we're gonna see is Trell's highlights, and it consists of about ninety-five reps of power. So I thought I'd give you all a little bit of a primer on what power actually is, just as a run play, so you can kind of understand what you're looking at. So the floor is yours. The floor is always mine, brother. I literally own it. 
So, there are three blocks that make up what you would call power. First, you got your kick out on the end man and line of scrimmage in red right there. Next, you have down blocks and usually a double team at the point of attack going up to a backside backer in green. And you have a pull and lead block through the hole by the blue. So, what it looks like with everybody else involved there is that, pretty much. Uh, the rest of the assignments, your center, you have blocking back for the pulling guard. You have your backside tackle, gap hinging, basically stepping down into the B gap and hinging back, making sure there's no run throughs backside. Your receivers, you want, you know, inside guy just trying to dig out the apex defender, outside guys going up to make a play on the safety. We don't block corners. They can't tackle. Prove it otherwise. Uh, your T, your running back, he wants to take a rhythm step, hit the snap to time up with the blocking, go up, press A-gap, check backside A-gap real quick before he follows his lead blocker to daylight. Um, just a couple things we usually do. A lot of teams, when you run power a lot, you'll get that playside DN that's getting kicked out. He'll want to either wrong arm or shoot in hard. A lot of teams will have the kickout blocker log him, pretty much just like turn him inside, block him, and then have the pull and the run bounce outside. I think it's pretty easy to say at this point we do not do that. Um, we just tell that blocker, hey, drive him, dig him out of the hole. Uh, you're running back, you know, you better get you better get some easy yards if you hit that backside A-gap, and if you bounce it, you better pick up at least, you know, five or more. Uh, let me see here. But this isn't the way we normally run power. We normally run power with some attached RPOs. Uh-oh. There we go. Which generally consists of a backside hitch by the receiver and a now screen by the front two, which is your outside guy taking one or two aggressive hard steps upfield and turning back showing his numbers to the quarterback your inside receiver is going out looking to block the corner or the most dangerous man. So if that corner's playing like a hard cover two man defense type deal, that receiver's got to go out there and just, you know, ear hole him. If the corner bails and the apex flies out looking to make a play, receiver's got to see that corner bail, look back inside, block the dude. So your quarterback's going to walk up to the line, something like this. He's got three options. He's got the backside hitch play side tag screen or just hand it off on the run play you're really only going to throw that backside hitch if the defense is just begging you to do it no apex defender nobody in that window corner bailing at the snap uh your front side quarterback's going to read that eight first going to read numbers over top if they only have one defender out there then obviously throw that tag screen all day if they can match numbers or it looks like they have two and a half maybe over that, you're going to read the apex defender, either Sam linebacker, roll down strong safety, something like that. Um, it can be a pre-snap or a post-snap read. Pre-snap, just the alignment of the guy. Is he too far inside to make a play on it? Then, yeah, pull the ball, rip it out there. Post-snap, you can even ride that mesh point a little bit with the running back. Does, he, does that apex defender hang out and play the tag screen? Or does he try and come in and... Uh, make a play on the run. Basically, either uh, throw it or hand it off based on his movement. So that would be your outside backer, kind of apex in the Y and the uh, right tackle there. 
So without further ado, just a couple clips of power. This first one is going to be Jameer against Warren in 2017. Quite the ass pull by me, but I remember watching games like right before we first started this podcast. That play just stuck out to me. It was like, this is teach tape on power. So here we go. This is without the tag screen. Against a too high shell, just easy money. Here you get the end zone angle. I'll even slow it down a little bit. So we're running it to the left. You'll see our fullback in a sniffer position, kind of just inside the left guard. Make a kick out on that end. Down blocks by the left tackle and left guard. Back blocked by the center. Right tackles gap hinge. Not necessarily the greatest, but that end didn't make a play, so he did his job. Pull through. Um, great skip pull by the right guard, getting up through the hole, scraping paint off of the down blocks. And Jameer just goes up there, you know, reads his blocks, and this is teach tape right here. Just gets up in there and makes that safety have a bad day. You know, you'd want to see, I think that was Kutcher, get up on the... Watching it in a slow-mo. You'd want to see Kutcher be able to get up there or, yeah, and make a play on that safety. Jameer might still be running if that happens. Hmm. Safety came down hard. It looks like he almost went for it, didn't see numbers, let it go. Yeah. Looks like he wanted to, but, you know, they teach you if you can't get your hands in front, let it go. But he could have probably hit him in the side of the shoulder pads and quitter path. I mean, hey. He's Better just, safe than sorry. Yeah. Pretty boy out there. I don't expect much. Look, he wants blocking. to, then he's like, ah, I just yeah. came down too quick. Came down too quick. Yeah. I, yeah, you can see he wants to, then he's like, I'm a receiver. I don't block. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> but, I mean, this is just teach tape here. Especially that pool, just right through the hole, boxes the linebacker out. Can't even make a play. Uh, what do we got? Next one is going to be throwing the RPO in the same game. Actually, I lied. Next one is just uh, in the 2020 McKinley game. Just a little more tape. You can see it, but with the attached RPO down at the bottom, how it plays out. It's my boy, Nicky Leaves. Yeah, Nicky Leaves making a play on the ball. Nicky Leaves, first time. I'm sorry, making a play with the ball in his hand. Um, And... I left a little bit extra in the clip just for you, Rob, and the audience. Just getting up there, being aggressive. Just letting that defense know he's there. (laughs) But you can see here the kick-out block, just that that wall build by the down blocks there. Pull through the hole. Safeties come up, try and make a play. And leaves just letting them know yeah. who's boss. What do you do when you're down your entire running back room for the McKinley game? You obviously put in your rotational starter, Mike Linebacker, slash former fullback, slash... Did he play a receiver? Mm-hmm. Safety? Linebacker, yeah. I think he got... I. I mean, he was fullback in 2018. Yeah, he started off as a fullback. Yeah, he was like our backup, Originally, backup yeah. fullback when... Um, who was it that got hurt? 
what was his name? He was he, our best fullback we had, and I can't remember his name. Converted lineman. Sure. It'll come to me. Or it won't. Wait, was the same? No, 2018, when Leaves was a sophomore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Just roll it again. Just just a Kick wild. out, just pull, gets right underneath the pulling guy. And just look at that wall built by the down blocks mm-hmm. backside. Look at that. 21's hurting. Let go. Two's pride's hurting. Yeah, get off me. 64 looks lost. 10 doesn't want to be there anymore. But 24 is having himself a day. He did. He had a good day. Down block, down block, up to the backer. Kick out, pull. There you go. Yep. Pretty good rep. Yeah. So next clip, um, we don't always keep our fullback down in a sniffer position tucked in between the guard and the tackle like that. Just just art. Hang that in the Louvre. Um, but we don't always keep our fullback inside the tackle box like that. Recently, in fact, this year, we, in 2020, we started playing him out as a wing, you know, just off outside the tackle. And I remember Coach Moore talking about that at a booster club. He was saying, you know, when you got these sawed-off little fullbacks making a kickout block 30 times a game, you want to keep them inside the box, make that kickout block easier for them, um, just make their lives a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But when you got a player like, first it was Woolard, and we've seen a couple other guys go through at that position that are a little more tight end type bodies. You can put them out on a wing. You actually let them be able to run some – you put them in a better position to run some routes, be a vertical threat. The defense is going to treat ju- that wing versus that sniffer position two very different ways. Yeah. So when you kick him out like that, you put him, he's a lot more immediately threatening to the defense in a whole lot of ways. And if the player's good enough, he can still make that kickout block. He's going to have to like step down into the line to kick him out. And you'll be able to see that on this next clip, but it still gets the job done. Do we ever bring him across as the second puller? Yeah, that would be on our uh, counterplays. So I didn't include any of that stuff in here, yeah. but it will be in a future clip. Counter and power, exact same plays. Functionally, except all you're doing is trading the guard and the fullback's responsibilities. So your backside guard's pulling to kick out the end man, and your fullback is pulling around, leading through the hole. Everywhere else, you still got the down blocks. Uh, running back footwork is going to have to time up a little bit different because the blocking does take longer. But functionally, same assignments, different players executing them. And, yeah, we were phenomenal at that play last year. So here you can see the fullback lined up in a wing, you know, down on your own five-yard line, not necessarily the spot you want to be in, but... Why is the color saturation always off with our cameras? Listen, man, I'm picking and choosing my battles. Zoom out first, then we can talk, okay? You can zoom out, but I'm going to be watching the wrong team here. If I, I, if I didn't know white wasn't a way color... <laughs> that, that does look a little red. Well, there's an example of red at the bottom and orange at the bottom. And our jerseys look more like the red than it does. Okay. 
Zoom out. We'll fix the color later. Yeah. Um, One thing at a time. Go ahead. So here, same plays, man. But McKinley's defense didn't look like they even wanted to be here that day. And they just so consistently lined up in the same shit. Watley runs that... Runs that, um, you know, four two five quarters that it just never got away from. I Run on me. They were good at St. Mary's, and then he went off on his own and had certain coaches didn't come with him, and suddenly his defense gets extra vanilla and goes to shit. So it's neither here nor there. Let's watch some film, boys. You can see the wings step into the line to get that angle. That's box good, him out. Yeah, that's a good block. And like I said, you know, you're on five yard line backed up, not a position you want to be unless you got Will Trohartson in the backfield splitting safeties, mm-hmm. running downfield, making guys' lives a living hell. That still seems more natural than his new number. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, hey, I got shit on for that take. Yeah. I I understand that was a fully old man take by me, but changing a number when you're a senior after being a two year starter. I I don't know. I can't get used to it. Well, he missed a lot of his junior year, and it took him a while to step in as a sophomore. Yeah. But still, I think it just a, looks like a different runner. <laughs> yeah. I think a really good thing here is, um, so you can see number two at the top here, the Sam linebacker, the apex defender, how wide he is split out. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like Trone walks out, you know, takes a look, backside, frontside. And he's just too wide. He's just too far out to make a play. You can see him even like play downhill pretty much at the snap, but he's just so far outside the box. He's a total non-factor. Uh, okay. What? When you're reading this, are you reading it as a run-first play? And if so, wouldn't him being out there just automatically make you think run unless he starts crashing pre-snap? Yeah. So, like, when I'm looking, based off what you're saying so far, I'm looking out there seeing three over two and going, I'm just going to run it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Not because he can't make a play on the run, but because I don't have a screen to throw. Correct. Right? He's more eliminating the throw than he is affecting the run. Yes. Right? So, you're looking at it, he's eliminating the throw. I'm looking at it, he's taking himself out of the run. It's just a matter of perspective Mm -hmm. to get there to the same thing. Yeah, because I'm thinking of this RPO as a run play. We are running it. Yes. Unless mm-hmm. I see something I like that would make me want to throw it. Exactly. Right? And yeah. for the most part, I think uh, Trox has talked about this in enough different places that I can openly say this. We are a pre-snap read RPO team. Um you know, as quarterbacks progress, as you get more time in the system, as you get more reps at it, then you can start doing like, okay, you know, like, hey, Tron, when you walk out here, don't just like peek over, take the snap and hand it off. Like, peek over, put the ball out there, see what he does. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, I mean, you can still read him. Yeah. If he's bluffing coverage and is blitzing, mm-hmm. you're going to see that happening ahead of time. Yeah. So, it's not just a blind decision ahead of time he's not looking once going to take the snap and yeah. like, oh this is what i'm doing he's you can you can put your quarterback's eyes in different spots and i've got a clip of that here in a minute but you can see him just so far outside the play kind of walking up just a little bit but you know like reads run comes down yeah he but, was still kind of hesitant yeah 
He was like waiting to see if Catrone was going to pull it or not. And that's part of another thing what that RPO does. That's how you block people without blocking them. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than asking. Doesn't know what to do, yeah. Rather than asking your inside receiver to go dig out this linebacker, hey, let's just read him instead. Go block the corner, kid. Going to be easier for you, me, and everybody else. And you can see, should be able to see at the bottom here, Ballard running his hitch. But basically playing two over one on that. You can't see him, but there's a corner and a safety backside kind of keying on Ballard. So, on to the next play. You'll actually get to see that hitch thrown. Nope, you'll see the tag screen first here. I lied. You get to see a nice little backside A-gap get hit on power. So, on this one, Hoover... Um... Not not great defense. Is there a reason why their defensive line is staggered depths? Or are they just that bad at lining up? Like, is there a, is there a reason to that? It seems intentional. It is. Do I know the specific reason? No. Does my dad know the reason? Because his defensive tackles, when he played football in 1974, did the same thing? Yeah. This looks like almost a straight-up... 4-4, four, four, cover three, straight out of 1972. Yeah. I mean, I I really don't know why you put your... Is it harder to get the double team on them? Does it take longer to get the double team on them? Does it leave a bigger gap for your linebacker when they get double teamed? Can you stunt them easier? Are they stunting? I think... I have questions. I think the idea is... It makes it easier for them to stunt. I, if this was an average passing down, yeah, easier to stunt. Like, loop them around, get to their spot quicker. Are you forcing that double team to come out further and leaving a lane for your linebacker? I'm at a loss, dog. I really Was know. it just what they did 40 years ago, 50 years ago, and that's what the coach decided to still do because they don't change? It might be. <laughs> it really might be. Well, this is how the Fed ran football 50 years ago, and as of four years ago, according to Wakefield. So we're going to keep doing it. Yep. All right. There's probably some, like, amazing explanation for this, and it's some super high technique that, you know, most teams can't do because they're not good enough, and we're just stupid. But I'm going to run with the fact that they're just too old school. Yeah, I'm running with that too. So one thing Hoover did against us, though, is they were stunting that play side end hard inside. Just crashing down. Do not give that fullback a chance to kick you out. And then they were scraping over that play side linebacker over the top. So we did Mm. adjust to it a little bit. And essentially we did say, yes, for this game, because this is what you're so committed to, all right, we're going to log that. Pool's going to go around. Guard's actually going to take on that, uh, call it D-gap linebacker. Yeah. And middle linebacker is going to get picked off by the double team. So when, so when you just absolutely can't kick the guy out, yeah. we're going to wrap outside. Yeah. Yeah. When when he is systematically not letting you, like yeah. he's not playing the double team, he's just cr- crashing inside that hard. Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll adjust. We'll, we'll pull the guard around. But it's, it's, for the most part, not really an on-the-fly operation by us. Mm-hmm. Um, now what that does here is because they're in cover three, that backside 
that very backside linebacker is going to follow the guard's pull, scrape over top. And then the only other defender you have over there is your corner, who's not playing the run whatsoever. So what's that do? That leaves a big asshole in the backside A-gap. You'll see Trell come up here, press up on the line, like really work into that mess, suck up those linebackers, hit the backside A-gap. And I love the fact that I figured out half speed on this thing. Yoink. Gonzo. See it full speed again here. Just how much that linebacker gets sucked up into there. Good block by Ballard. Really what sprung him on that. Yeah, if you walk to the F, he just, he's straight downhill. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Runs into the poor, which kind of looked like it was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, if you want to go back and watch Trell's highlights from this game on Huddle, then by all means, you can see what we're talking about for the most part. Because we did spring more than a couple runs that way. But this is just, this entire game was just highlight film of backside A-gap getting mm-hmm. hit on power. Well, you see how hard they're attacking. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to it, like right before he cuts, I think, you know, like he gets to the mesh. I mean, bam, look at that. Yeah. You know, well, first off, guard gets caught up in yeah. that in that end that's down. Mm-hmm. So you got... You, you're not going to get to that backer because the guard gets caught. But they have two guys there just absolutely crashing. And like you said, that backside safety is going with the flow, following the guard across. Kind of a good play by him, I guess. I mean... Not not really, though. I, I mean, mean it, it opens up a huge hole, but I just wouldn't expect that backside safety to really be reading guard pulling no, like that. So exactly. That, that's more of what I was saying is... I mean, But yeah, you see what happens with the crease because of it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, because like in the structure of your defense, you still want to have a backside, mm-hmm. some kind of backside, yeah. second-level I mean, run support player. On paper, that looks really good if he fills, rather than trying to scrape. Yeah, and that's what you want You got two guys at the point of the attack, safety, right? Yeah. But hey, Trell presses that point of attack and just makes a little jump cut, makes a dude miss. Ballard gets a little chip on a guy. Yeah. Trell yeah. turns the corner. That corner didn't want any part of it anyway. Nah. Corners don't tackle. All right. And you can see kind of down at the bottom here just how pressed up those two defenders are on the tag screen. That's not something you're throwing. Yeah. So, here, back again, the Warren game from 17. You can see Longwell walk up, look at his numbers. We really didn't do anything with the backside guy at this point yet in our offense that wasn't something we played with until the 2019 season but front side we've been running the same tag screen for five years now um you know it's nothing new nothing revolutionary but hey simple can be effective yeah you break one every now and then keep defense honest so just watch it in real time hit him with the fake goes just pulls it knows he's throwing it Kutcher. Corners suck. Yeah. But just a sneaky athlete with the ball in his hand. Like, you watch him just carry the rock there, and it's like, there's there's no way he should have done what he did his senior (laughs) year. But, just, and just that, I 
think that was Ford out there playing the Y. That makes sense. That year, but just laying the wood. Yeah, I mean, that, what I'm saying is, like, corners don't... Every now and then you'll have a good, aggressive corner that can do these kind of things. But in general, they don't like being in those situations. You know, we're taught at a young age to just keep outside contain. If you do that, you did your job. Mm-hmm. If a guy goes for 100 yards untouched, but he went inside of you, good job. You did your job. Now I think they're getting a little bit more. You know, they're asking corners to tackle a little bit more. But, you know, back when we played, it wasn't. Back not, in the not, day. Back in the day. Well, I'm just saying things change. Yeah. It, hey, football, It it's a very, um, what's the word for it? It's a very trendy sport. Yeah. You know, you see something work for one team and then a bunch mm-hmm. of other teams try it out. That's why, you know, that's why you don't really see the wing tee, the eye formation anymore. That's why you don't even see a true spread, like, as a base offense anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I think the new meta in football, at least in high school and college, is exactly what we're running. The three wide, fullback, running back stuff with RPO game. And why do you run it? Because you got the personnel to do it, and it works. Yeah. But that's why you have that tax screen there. Got to keep them honest, because mm-hmm. teams know their corner most of the time is going to be worthless in that situation. So you get him in space, you're out running the safety that has a bad angle. Maybe linebacker. I don't know. Probably rolled down. And, uh, yeah, you get some yards. Just keep a team honest. Make them space it out a little bit. Open up your lanes better. And if nothing else, just, like, start picking and choosing what player you're putting in a blender. Because you can mm-hmm. see Tanner's just living in hell right there. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. Doesn't know where to go. Then he's chasing down a, this little mm-hmm. white boy with, you know, Goldilocks from behind and can't even make a play on him. That's going to be a bad day in film for him tomorrow. Yeah, roll down. Reads it, but takes a bad angle for starters. Would have been a decent angle for a tunnel screen, but... Yeah. I just want to appreciate that inside receiver's block one more time. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, I talk about how um, with receivers, a lot of times you don't have to really block. You just have to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Tag screens, screens in general are different. You have to be physical. Because if you miss, if that corner's coming up hard, you can't just get in the way. Yeah. That's how your other guy gets blown up. You have to actually be physical on screens. On run plays, um, against a soft corner that's not coming up at all, against a deep safety, you just got to get in the way. Stand between him and the ball and let the runner do the rest. That's all you really have to do. It's really simple. Just get in the way. You go back a couple of years... Um, Nick Chubb breaks off a really long run, I, get, I think, against the Ravens. Antonio Callaway is downfield, just as far away as we are right now. He's standing in front of the corner, mm-hmm. and he just puts his hand out saying, go that way, Chubb, <laughs> just run, run that way. And Chubb breaks it off for like 80 yards. Yeah. Callaway never got hands on that corner once. He's just between the corner and the ball, and now the corner's like, well, crap. If I go around him to the left, that's going to leave a huge opening to the right. If I go right, it's going to leave a huge opening to the left. So a lot of the times, they just kind of stay there, mm-hmm. and they're waiting for something to happen. And as long as you have that distance between you, you are just creating a wall between the defender and the ball and let the runner do the rest. That's their job. Yeah. Read that's blocks, why... Man. That's why I like the way I was telling you about how we did it is I loved 
our senior year we changed how we blocked because we just kind of do that just get in the way mm-hmm. let the defender pick way which way he wants to go because like what i just said you know if i go left there's a big hole to the right if i go right big whichever way they go that's fine just wall them off that direction yeah as long as they don't get a clean shot at the ball carrier the ball carrier can just go you know follow your block mm-hmm. there's usually enough space to where that works but against screens, sometimes you have to be physical just because it's a bang-bang play and you have to make sure that your receiver stays clean. And that is what I would call physical. Yeah. Corner kind of pulls away at the end. And it's actually a good job by Ford to not get a holding penalty there. Yeah. Because he gets hands-on, and then the corner kind of like flops, falls. And that's a lot of the times you'll see if you're at Because if you're holding onto his chest, no big deal. But as soon as he falls, if you're holding onto his chest, that jersey starts. Uh-uh. Yep, flags out. Hanky on the field. So it's a good job that he gets physical, but doesn't hold on to him as he falls. Because that's not a hold. You know, you're not the one holding him, but you see the jersey pull. But he does a good job of maintaining the block without pulling any jersey while doing it. Mm-hmm. And getting the pancake too, baby. Mm-hmm. Not often you see a little mini bottle of syrup. That's not a full bottle of syrup. No, you, no, no, you get no. a mini one. Yeah. Like a one ounce bottle of syrup. Exactly. You know, and that's all those. That's all you little guys need anyway. Like a, you know? a plastic shot glass of syrup. Yeah. yeah. So you're having like half a pancake anyway, and calling it a day. Mm-hmm. I got a full Aunt Jemima bottle of syrup. Oh, you did. Yeah, a full pancake block worth of syrup. Was that before or after you could read? Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't read. Well, it was bef- it was it was week one of senior year. Week two was when I got dinged up a little bit again. <laughs> Back in the day. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll keep her moving now. Now this one, let me see, you got the tag screen. Yeah, now this one is just hitting the backside hitch. Just a little yo-yo motion by the fullback there. All right, hold on, what just happened? What? That, hold on. What color jerseys are we wearing right now? <laughs> Those would be our orange Jordan jerseys, which appear to be... They look fine. I mean, they're a little dark, but they look okay. Yeah. Continue. What jerseys are we wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not the same camera. The white balance is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> Man, if I thought I was watching the wrong team, I was watching a different game. <laughs> Switching camera angles yeah. on me. Okay, carry on. So, oh, just a little, oh, man, that threw me off a little bit. Threw you off? <laughs> I was watching the beginning of the play. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a bad camera angle from the sideline, whatever. Put my drink down. Look back up. Whoa. Different play? <laughs> Listen, there's certain things I've learned to just, like, ignore. Carry on. All right. So, anyway, a little mass, yo-yo motion. Mass hoove. <laughs> <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> Hooves getting goose egged right now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. Couple things here. A little yo-yo motion by the fullback. Fakes like he's going across, then returns back to where he was. Why do you call it yo-yo motion? Because like a yo-yo. You, you know, throw it down, comes right back to its starting spot. Uh, just corners playing all of the way off. Mm-hmm. as they should be against a player like Jaden Ballard and, you know, everybody else we got too. 
And like we saw before, the backside linebackers scraping hard over the top, just leaving a whole lot of room for that backside edge. So Trone walks up, sees it, decides, hey, let's rip one in there. Get Ballard involved. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, how often... Teams don't throw that all that often, you know? And, you know, maybe that linebacker doesn't bite so hard one time, and he's right in the lane. Yeah. Listen, take the five-yard hitches when they're there. Exactly. Like I said. teams are going to give it to you like that. That corner thinks he's fine. He's in the boundary. He's got a linebacker right there, but the linebacker's biting on the run. Boom, five-yard hitch. Mm-hmm. Steps up, tries to make a play. And you'll see teams, like, even structurally just say, hey, we're not going to give you this. But that usually takes two guys. Unless you got a dude out there that can play on an island. Yeah. That's taking two guys to take away just a mm-hmm. five-yard hitch route on the backside of a run play. I mean, I think if you look at um, from this year, the Hoban game, their cover six look that they ran the entire game, just a weak rotation cover three, that – backside safety rotating down he isn't involved in the run whatsoever he's just back there like eyes on ballard the entire time trying to take away anything he can do so whenever you can just like structurally take away multiple defenders with one guy one thing you got numbers somewhere else yeah absolutely and like i like we talked about before there are ways you can change what the quarterback's going to be looking at so it's very common easy for us to run that to run power at the single receiver side away from the twins and what that does with the path of the running back it gets that hitch into the line of sight of the mesh point so it can almost kind of turn that into the post snap read rather than the tag screen out wide yeah it breaks up the tendency as well mm -hmm. so that's what we got here so here you can see full back down into the boundary, just running power right into the boundary, which also makes it a lot harder on that apex linebacker because now you got a run play. You don't just have a run away. You have a run play coming right at you. So you're really going to step up, try and be aggressive. Let me slow it down for you here because you seem to be pretty concentrated on something. What are we looking at, Rob? Talk me through it. No, I just think the linebacker did a good job. Um, he met that pulling guard in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to look at what else we had going on, or the timing of it a little bit. But you can uh, see, yeah. it just kind of goes down on that kick out. But yeah, I mean the linebacker steps up pretty well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it's you a know, shame the ball never went there for him. Good reason to take the five yard hitch. You know, teams are linebackers going to jump that. You're going to have one on one all day. Wait for that corner to bite up a little bit. Yeah, but. And you can see another way up at the top, completely out of the picture here. The uh, Showing more of a cover four shell. You're going to see this the corner up top come down hard on the outside receiver. Just another way they're trying to take away that tag screen. Maybe even probably their way of giving a cover three cloud look. But just another, I don't know tool in the toolbox the defense has to have to take away a base concept that we run. So you can see right waiting at the snap, come down, crash hard. Ball never comes out that way. 
even though he played really far up, he played it so softly that we probably could have hit that tag screen for big right there. Yeah. Because I have faith that if you watch the slot receiver here, just is that lamp kicks him out just a little bit. Mm. Yes, he's playing tight, but him as a player, I'm guessing, is a little bit outmatched based yeah. on that one clip. The way he tried disguising his drop and the way he comes back up, I mean, that just doesn't look super athletic, to be honest. <laughs> I don't. I mean, this was a couple years ago. I don't remember. That could have been an absolute stud. But, like, just watching one clip of him right there. Let me see. Is he reading it? Nah, see, he was reading screen that whole time. Mm-hmm. And he could have got his head taken off by Lamp if Lamp was trying. So, But that's also, I think, the quarterback's understanding of what you're trying to do here, too. Not only yeah. just running. No, don't need to force it. I'm just saying, yeah. based on even how he played that, I think we still could have hit it. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that Trone keeps his eyes on that backside hitch. Well, really, frontside hitch on this. Yeah. Because, you know, you put your – you run it into the boundary instead. Hey, coach wants me to have my eyes over here mm-hmm. reading this rather than uh, outside. Because with a defense like this, at least the box players, it, it's going to be a balanced look. Unless you're trying to pick on a guy specifically, you're still getting – eh, I mean, they're playing – looks like an – you got a one tech to the play side, a three tech to the back side. So here, you know, the down blocks work out a little bit different, but really overall, you're not really changing much running weak side or strong side against a defense like this. You're just changing where the quarterback's looking, and, hey, can't go broke taking a profit. Yeah. So that's all I got for the quick and dirty primer on power. If you had a nose tackle in this situation that you knew like wasn't explosive, mm-hmm. and a team where the end has been crashing hard, could you double team the F and tackle up to the linebacker like right here? Because you know he's coming down, right? He's been crashing all night. Yeah, you can go one on one with the nose because you don't see him as a huge threat. Double team the F and tackle up to the instead of. Instead of the or hold on, I think I'm off one. Pause it so I can explain what I'm seeing. Um, so right now you got tackle and guard working up together, right? Yeah. Really? So, but you have this end who almost wants to undercut the tackle. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, in this situation, could you go tackle F, double team the end up to the linebacker wrap outside of it? You're still pulling the guard around. You're still pulling, but now you're you're nose. doubling the F and the because just the way this play works out, because that end wants to mm-hmm. crash so hard, mm-hmm. it makes more sense for the F to go up to the backer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just because he's cr- he's crashing that hard, mm-hmm. like okay, you can kind of kick him out, but I mean you can try. Actually, the F does a good job of eventually turning him and pushing him out. Yeah. But I mean, it's like if you want to go that way, let's just do it. I mean, if that's something you don't normally do in your offense, and this year we were very limited in the run game. You know, we tried a bunch of stuff. But theoretically, you can do it. Sounds good. Yeah, in in theory. I understand practice time and, you know, all right, this is a one-off situation. Mm. I'm just saying, like, for this type of situation, ideally, like, could you do that? Yeah. Uh, And you reminded me one thing I didn't get to touch on with the double team. I forgot to. You're not really working on vertical movement. 
you're working on horizontal movement, displacing mm-hmm. them out of the hole. So ideally, that tackle can go and almost catch that scraping linebacker. In fact, you'll see it a lot when you have a one technique like we do right here. He's probably not even going to get hands on that uh, one tech. He's just going to go up and wait for that scraping linebacker to come to him, keep that wall formed. So you're not going to get a double team, but you are going to get the entire backside sealed outside the mm-hmm. play. Yeah. Slow motion, this one. And even like made me pause it after it starts. So like right here? Mm-hmm. So like he's, what, hands-on tackle? Yeah. F is doing his absolute best to get inside of that. Yeah. But the end is <laughs> not letting it happen, really. F does a good job of turning him. But, you know, from here, if that tackle was trying to catch the end, mm-hmm. F can work up to the mic right away. Not right away, but, you know, get there. Yeah. Guard kicks out 43 right here. Because I don't know if the tackle ever gets up. He, he gets uh, there. He does. Like, gets I mean, hands on the mic. Linebacker doesn't. Backside do linebacker is just a total non-factor. Mike doesn't do a great job of getting there. but And pulling guard. Great kick out. I mean, the run's there. Like, he, Trell makes a quick jump cut outside. Well, and- the only issue with it is that the end never gets kicked out. The F gets in front of him. Yeah. But you'd be running <laughs> on the ass of the end rather than the ass of the fullback. But how many tackles? How many ends you see make a tackle with their ass? Well, I'm just saying, if he like, he's kind of no, in that hole. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying, there's. You also got to think of like body positioning too. Yeah, I know. Like he comes down so hard, he kind of takes himself out of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all right, yeah, you know, maybe I'm just being too picky about it. But see, like, he does get inside of him and. Yeah, the end ends up going for the pass. But, I mean, the F gets inside of him, which is good. I just feel like at that point, like, you know, he might as well just wall him off. If he's riding your tackle down, man. I don't, yeah, I don't hate that idea, to be honest. But Because your F would have ended up pushing him right into the hole that you said was there for the running back. Mm-hmm. Your F did such a good job of eventually of getting, getting there. getting there and digging him out. He yeah. did a, such a good job of eventually getting there, it ends up being counterproductive because now he's pushing him right back into the hole right here. Uh, pushes him right into it. But yeah, you just wall him down. But that's why you have the RPOs. to uh, Absolutely. You don't have to change up your run schemes on the fly. You know, you, I don't know many teams that just crash their ends inside hard to leave their apexes outside on an island like that yeah so hey when the defense is trying to take away one thing you got two other answers you got other options for yep yep then you start keeping that linebacker more honest gives your guard more time to get there kick him out better Mm -hmm. bigger hole for the run yes sir so a little primer on power the way we ran power was a little bit different against uh, Fitch. Trell, for the most part, was crossing the face of the quarterback, taking the handoff, getting a little more, working a little more horizontal before he'd get vertical. And this is how we were running it against their look that we lined up with. This is with uh, Pringle lined up at the H. You know, you got a tight end. When you have an extra blocker backside, you can just have him gap hinge as well. Just seal off everything. Don't let any run throughs. We do this quite a bit, actually, when teams are trying to, like, overload an edge. Um, 
we did this. This is pretty much exactly what we went to just with the tight end and having that extra gap sealing off against Mansfield. We did it. We've done it pretty much against every team in some form or fashion that is going with that extra edge defender look. So you got front side, you got your kick out block, you got your down blocks. Um, against an odd front like this with two head up vortex and a head up nose, there you're just going to have your guard and center double team and just work backside with the defense Fitch lined up and they didn't really have a backside defender, backside backer to work up to, but guard still pulling up the play side linebacker and you got your front side H is a free hitter, find a wrong color. Okay. No? You see, you seem like you want to say something. It's just it's a little bit different now cuz you don't have is the guard working up? Uh, or is yeah. it just straight down? So guard, so playside guard and center are going to work. Normally you have some kind of backside linebacker there. With this, they're running a bare front. A, nah, not really a bare front. A 404 front with two walked up edge defenders. Mm-hmm. One single back, one single inside linebacker. Your two safeties. They're, I think they're really only playing at like eight, ten yards. So they basically fill like linebackers do. So that'll eventually work up to that backside safety. Um, but here it was just easier to draw it up like this. Yeah, because I was gonna say like your pulling guard is kind of acting like your double team. Yeah, but instead of filling the H's outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your H is just working outside, finding the wrong color jersey to hit. And it actually works really good here because, like we said, you teach them, hey, if you're going to bounce it outside all the blocking, you better pick up five yards. Here, if you bounce it, you at least have an extra blocker outside looking to pick up somebody. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what a lot of these run, that's what a lot of these plays turned into. And, Instead of it's just hey Trell go be a dude and make a man miss, you got that extra you got that extra hat there. The downside to that having that extra hat is you're bringing another guy immediately into the box to be able to make a play on the run. So with that, we'll get some trail highlights and keep her moving. So first play just bounces it. So you got Pringle out there, extra man. Just phenomenal play on that one. Yeah. Let's just watch that one in super slow-mo. Whoop. Quick cut inside. Kick out. Pull. Ah. Went a little too far. But you can see the mess inside. Guard kind of gets hung up. And then just Trell being a dude. But here you can see kick out, pull, little run through on the inside. Never want to see that, but yeah. Trell just gets the ball, takes off, and sorry about your luck, 56. You went from making a play in the backfield to a whole lot of nothing. And just Trell being a bully. That's trusting your line there Yeah, on that last one. Here you can see 
Nine, trying to crash inside. Pringle does good jobs getting hands on. And again, Trell being a dude. Go back to that one. Like the beginning. I'm trying. All right. Doing my best here. That's fine. Go ahead. All right. Down blocks. Pull. Pull doesn't really get anywhere. Slaughter knows it's a touchdown. Yep. All right. <laughs> Love to see that. Love to see the way too early celebration point, yeah. that pays off. He has to break two more tackles. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just barely getting to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But Slaughter knows his players. And he bounced it. He's gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, he's got a good angle there. Like, you can see there's nobody really outside. He, yeah. just, he knows Trell just has to outrun those guys, which he's going to. And even mm. if they get hands on. He had a hand did. on the helmet here, and yeah, call it a day. Yep. That's why it's in the highlight tape, kids. And you can see on this one just how... So, this... it's He's not crossing face. He's just getting downhill. And you can see how quick he gets downhill. I mean... Yeah. Hits that hole and he gone. Good job of the guard getting there really quick. Mm. So Trell can also get it there quick. Just deleting angles. Little cross face action. Guard kicks out that linebacker. Down, down. It's just making a play there. Yeah. So this one, we haven't run this in a couple years, I don't think. A little mesh action. Just your two inside receivers running crossing routes. The overcrosser basically acts like a pick for the other guy coming underneath him. You want to call this against man coverage. I think this was in the Snodgrass highlights, too, where they stunted and Snod passed off that stunt really well releasing Trell out into the flat. So Slaughter knows, hey, if I got a free runner coming at me, I'd know probably where it's going to be from. And if I got that in my face, dump it off to my flat route. Got Trell out in space, making a play. Gave up a couple yards there. Mm. Another little uh, mesh action here. Again, they're wanting to bring pressure, but you can see man coverage. Good call. Yeah. Tutty. Pass pro. You're just good on him stepping up, you know, knowing who his man is and giving us a lot of room to get rid of the ball. Gotta be quicker there. That this is a really good play of just like there's gonna be a mess in there a lot of times. Hey, go get over it, kid. Dude goes down, hurdles him. Bounces off the linebacker. Takes five more. I think, yeah, this was a touchdown. Shout out 
to Banks for giving us a little extra room here to make this run. <laughs> I think this is just a little outside zone action. Yeah. So, I mean, the goal with outside zone is you're trying to get the edge, seal the defense inside, just get to that edge, use your speed, put your foot in the ground, turn upfield, and make a play. But you're not always going to get it. Defense is going to be flown over the top hard. So just start reading your ABCs backwards. Go, you know, D gap, C gap, B gap, whatever. Find that crease in the defense. Be able to put your foot in the ground, bang it right upfield. One step, one cut. Nick Chubb approach right there. Yeah. And that's the thing with if you want to be a really good zone running back, you have to be that one cut back. Nick Chubb. Get your, be decisive. Know where you want to go with it. Read out your blocks. Put your foot in the ground. Be explosive. Some more pass pro by him. Stepping up. Giving Slaughter room to throw the ball. It's a great blocking rep getting the dude turned. Bounce on power. Can't be mad at a touchdown. So that's all we got for the trail highlights. Anything you want to see again? No. All right. With that, I think we'll close the book on Fitch. Turn the next page to uh, who do we got? Middletown, Middletown Delaware. Delaware. The Crusaders, Cavaliers, something uh, like that. Uh, the next, the next win in our column. So, first one up, we got their D-end. Fires off the ball sometimes, makes some plays. A lot of others, it's kind of like, who are they really playing? You don't even need to keep eyes on him for the most part. It's just, I think this is in here, you get a really good look at their defensive structure as a whole. They're a 3-4 base, cover 3, cover 4 defense. Seems to be popular, more popular the farther you get east. But, I mean, good pass rush. He's got some moves. Really good uh, power-to-speed kind of player. Gets hands-on and reads it out. It's lit. Doesn't seem to be a guy you want to read too much. Because he tends to be pretty good at playing both the mm-hmm. either option, really. Yeah. Also of note, I think this was their highest viewed defensive player on Huddle. And he's on their kickoff team. So they like to play a lot of their starters on you know special teams. Not a bad thing. Special teams matter. Just really good by him there, holding the point of attack. Yeah, I mean, he does a pretty good job. Made that fullback look silly. Good job chasing it down. That, that one... So this play, it looks like they're running outside zone, I think. Uh, but 
the idea with that is you can just leave the backside end unblocked because he's probably not making a play. And this, I mean, hey, high motor, chases down the play, makes a tackle. For what? Gain a one or two, if that? That had to have been a scrimmage. Calling that a sack. Yeah. Pretty impressive highlights for him. He doesn't look like the biggest guy in the world. But, I mean, he's got good hands. Uses his arms well. Yeah. Right wing on the pass protection. I think here he does a really good job of blocking, like, you know, multiple guys on that one. Yeah, I think he oversteps it too much, but yeah. So that's a D end. Next guy up we got is a wide receiver slash cornerback. All right. So see some wide receiver corner highlights here. Get a feel for their offense and a little more defense. First couple plays is him just blocking a corner. You know, totally backside of a run play, which a corner's really not too enthusiastic about playing to begin with. But hands-on, it's physical, likes to block, it looks like. Just a little snag action there, same play we've been running the shit out of this year. Really good play, really good concept. Catch this ball, get some extra yards. scramble drill always tough to cover as a corner I mean just trying to cover a crosser and the dude just reverses field like that I think one thing that sticks out to me right now is how much empty they run uh, empty protection at least sending the back out like that Eesh. Um, they do run a little bit of empty formation too and with how much our defense likes to, you know, heat up the other team, I don't think they're going to be able to do that as much as they would like to. And if they try, it's probably going to be a bad time for them. See him on defense here. Looks good. He's a physical player, that's for sure. He looks solid on offense. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know if I'm overly impressed by it so far. Kind of looks like one of those guys that makes every play look good. Like when you're giving it your all in practice. Yeah. You know, like running on air. And you're like super breaking down and everything. Like, you know, you, you, you've seen those guys doing a camp workout and like they're the loudest guy in the building yep. while running on air. It's kind of, that kind of looks like how he plays receiver in general. Yeah. Um, which I mean, 
is good, but like it kind of seemed like that was his peak right there. Mm-hmm. Just his regular plays like kind of looks like a peak. I don't know. One game. Can't tell. Yeah. I mean, it looks like really solid player, but I, I, yeah, I don't So, we'll keep removing. I bet he thinks he's a superstar. Oh, absolutely. Keep removing. Just a little game <laughs> recap action against Smyrna. Smyrna. Just uh, basically spread triple option there. You know, you got the dive, the QB keep, and the pitch. Looked like quarterback wanted to keep it on the pitch, and then defender was there. He just panicked, tossed it out to his pitch guy. Yeah, quarterback's got a good arm. Yeah, he can sling it. Yes, the question is Friday night, is he going to have enough time to sling it? Yeah, you got to be accurate as well. I'm just... So here's that, you know, rollout, QB versus field. Pretty much only have one option at that point. That's counting on your backside receiver yeah. to also see that and run with you. Like I said, a little empty. You know, defense only rushes four. Receiver out there gets lost in the sauce. I mean, good play by him. Just go up. Quarterback and receiver. This one, their game-winning touchdown pass. The score's not accurate. I think here they were down 14-13. And you'll see, rolls out, keeps drifting, drifting, drifting. I think it was the backside. One of the receivers just gets lost in coverage. Whoever's over top of them lets him go. And he just ends up, you know, 20 yards behind the defense. Backside post. Corner falls. Yeah. Yeah, so you see the corner trips and falls. And it looks easy when you're playing a team like that. I guess. But here, I mean, not a big rushing team. If you're going to heat that guy up, don't miss. Make your tackles. He seems like the kind of guy that he'll make you pay for it. Yeah. If you miss. Well, that's what he did on that team. You know, Kip's drifting. One of their uh, receivers gets behind a corner that more than that. Turf though, monster but gets yeah, him. you know, hey, backside post is a great play. Yeah. <laughs> um, more than that, the way that he was maneuvering in the pocket, he'd step up, avoided sacks, scrambled a little bit. Seemed pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I've yet to slander the quarterback at all. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. Fitch's quarterback looked good on film. Outside of that. Might be the best quarterback we played so far? Based off of like six or seven plays I've seen of him, yeah. Alright. Um I mean that's why they're called highlights, right? Yeah, Ed's that's... Ed's quarterback looked good in his highlight film also. Yeah. Not I don't think he looked that good though, just because I don't think Ed's quarterback threw he didn't have the arm strength mm-hmm. that this guy does. 
or it didn't appear that way. Yeah, I I like that quarterback. Yeah. So one thing that I missed after I stopped recording this and didn't want to go back and record the whole thing over again. Another thing in the box score that you know stood out to me is they were only two for twelve on third down and one for two on fourth. The one of which was the play we just saw, the game winner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not a great rushing team, not great on third down. Two areas we really excel at as a defense. They might be in for a bit of an awakening, you know. Delaware's going to learn what uh, Ohio football is all about on Friday. Yeah, I mean, we have a really good defense, and I think we can scheme them up the way we want to. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. I mean, if they can't, if they don't run the ball at all, I mean, that's it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, um, you're just going to let us dictate the game from that point. But interesting, how much they release the running back. You know, is that going to change how we cover it? Are we going to sit back a little bit more? Are we going to so, have a dedicated guy to peel with them? That's that's one thing, too, I haven't got the chance to talk about yet, is I say we blitz a lot. And, you know, blitzing, you're thinking either cover zero, man across the board, maybe a little cover one action, sun and five, fire zone stuff. But because of our front structure, when we only have three down defensive linemen, four up linebackers and four DBs, you can send one of those off-ball linebackers, the Mike, the Will, the Jack, slash Obi, from anywhere into Mm -hmm. functionally any gap and still maintain your base quarters coverage structurally. Yeah. So we can send pressure from all different sorts of ways. We do that. And without having to, you know, really mess with our coverage at all. And when we do want to send more than four, when we want to send five or six, it's not always going to be man across the board. You're going to have zone. You're going to have man, cover one, cover zero. This quarterback is going to have to be really decisive with the ball or be able to make dudes miss all night. Mm -hmm. Because I think from what we've seen over the course of the season, over the course of McConnell and Lino's tenure heading up the defense, we're really good at getting free runners on the quarterback. Really good at scheming them up. And like I said, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening on Friday night because they're not going to be playing, you know, no three, four-man rushes all night. So with that, I think we'll get out of the film room, wrap up our preview on Middletown, and get out of here, huh? Sounds good. All right. All right, so let's just get into Middletown, Delaware. Uh, we will be the fourth game they've played this year. Kind of a funky schedule. I don't know if their season just starts different in Delaware or what, but their week one game against St. John's College, who's ranked number 30 nationally, currently sitting at 3-1. and one. They lost 42 nothing. Uh, the last game we just showed on the highlights against Smyrna, Delaware, they won 21-14. And their week three, they played at Epiquinimic, Delaware, who's currently sitting at one and two. They won 14 nothing. So, you know, not really a high-scoring team. They had some good offensive highlights, but down-and-on basis, 
on paper at least and a little bit of film don't seem to impress too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from that, do you have anything that else that stands out? That in the film? No, I mean, looks like they spread it out. I mean, like like you said, what what we've seen there. I mean, that third and fourth down conversion thing mm-hmm. tells me that they're playing from behind a lot. So they're probably not converting. Their percentages probably aren't really high. You see that they don't run the ball. So I'll imagine that the QB stats probably aren't great. Strictly based off that, if you're getting into third downs that aren't converting, you're probably not in a very good spot to begin with, which means you're missing on first and second down most likely. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, th- some of the offense we did see him run, obviously that post to win the game, that was downfield, but it looked like they, they like to do a lot of um, short crossers, shorter type of routes. Um a lot of so, rollout stuff, a lot of pocket movement stuff, get the quarterback on the move, only reading one side of the field, just keep yeah. the read simple for him, make the throw shorter. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the quarterback does look like he has some potential, mm-hmm. but the stats are kind of telling that their offense is not that high-powering, and I know our defense, so I can't imagine that they come in and put 50 up on us while putting up 14 on everyone else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine that their offense isn't amazing, but it is something different that we haven't really seen this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how we play it, but, you know, trusting our coaching staff, trusting the kids. It's not like anything revolutionary that we've never seen before, but yeah, uh, just haven't really seen it this year. Um, I got a couple thoughts while you want to pull up the roster that got sent to you. You know, playing any team ranked nationally in the top 50 is tough, but to get goose egged by them, also very telling about their offense. Let them put up 42 on them, so that says a lot about their defense too. That low-scoring game there against Smyrna, let them put up 14 the one and two team goose egged them, but only put up 14 themselves. So, like you said, not really a high flying power offense. Mm-hmm. Defense, I think, seems to be against similar competition levels. They'll do what they need to do. Um, like I said, run that 3 4, cover 3, cover 4 stuff. Uh, would you call that Deanna Stud? No. He's, I think I, I like him as a player. Um, you just want a few more of those guys on that team too? Yeah, I like him as a player, and I think he does really well at what he's asked to do. Um, we're going to get into the roster. I think his size is going to be a very big indication of his actual true potential. Yeah. Because he seemed fast. It seemed like he used his hands, his arms really well. He gets off blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, he reads the offense. I mean, he had a couple pass rush moves there where it was, mm-hmm. hey, go get hands on the tackle, yeah. read, run, pass, and then nice swim move, nice little run mm-hmm. the hoop action. Uh, you know, good good read and react player. Yeah, I mean, I saw a swim move in there. Uh, saw him just flat out run right past a tackle one play the push and pull looks like he reads really well with that gets hands on engages 
reads the play in front of him, mm-hmm. gets off the block. Uh, he he looked like a good player, but well, let's just look it up since yeah. we're talking since we're talking about him. I guess um, I think it's this one. Six three two forry. I'm guessing. Yeah, the Tristan o- Graham. The other end is six two two twenty, but I'm guessing it's this guy. That's he's six three two forty. So you definitely have the potential to go out there and you can you can wreck plays. You can um you can wreck havoc. So I think he is a good player. I wonder if that two forty is like super accurate or if the six three super. He didn't look either one of those. Yeah, he looked a little bit smaller in both regards, mm-hmm. just from the film. So that would be interesting. Hey, you know, measuring day, he might have shoved a couple yeah. of five-pound plates into each of his socks. Get so, up on the heels a little bit, um, add some weight. Yeah, I mean, just looking the film, he looked a little bit undersized, mm-hmm. but he did a good job of what he was doing. Um, so just a different type of player. You got to go against and that's the interesting thing with defense alignment in high school is you can have really good defense alignment in different ways you know you can have a 330 pound guy that's really good you can have a 6 5 270 guy that's really good you can have a 6 1 200 guy you know like mansfield a good defense alignment yeah you know he was the size of a safety mm-hmm. but he was good you know their best defense alignment he's like 210 you but can, he was a good player. I mean, you can have a 5'10", 170-pound soaking wet dude, but if he's just – that's not that fast, not that strong, not that good at football, but if he's always around the ball, you can't take him off the field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think just defensive line is the one position where you see, like, the biggest shift in body types, skill, styles – you can have the really fast guys. You can have the really long guys that play with leverage. You have the really stout guys that play with strength. Whereas usually, like, your corners are usually better or worse. Yeah. The styles usually don't change too much. You can have a lengthier guy, a more physical guy, but, you know, it's still a corner. Defensive lineman, it, you know, it ranges across the board. But I think we're almost to the point where we are a good enough program. We're a high enough level of football where I kind of start looking at size and like, it, it does matter, right? Yeah. I like talking about the NFL, about how every single position in the NFL is basically the exact same size. Every single left tackle in the NFL is the same size. Pretty much every right guard's the same size. Um, they're, they're stereotypical sizes, and it's for a reason. I think we've almost hit like what we believe to be human peak performance for what we're currently asking them to do. You know, 30 years from now, the game might change so much that you don't want big, you know, you want your left tackle to be 220. Who knows? But for the way the game is played right now, I look at the NFL, I look at their sizing, and I say that is peak performance, right? When you have a 350-pound kid on your high school team, he doesn't need to be that big. He can cut weight. The biggest players in the NFL are not that big. If they don't have to be that big in the NFL, they don't have to be that big in high school. But... Yada, yada, yada. My whole concept is I think we're a good enough program. We play at a high enough level that I start ranking people based on what their size is. You can be a really good player, but if your size doesn't match up, I think it's going to show against us. Mm-hmm. So this kid, 6'3", 240, that actually doesn't sound bad as, as an end. I just don't know if that's true. Based look, He didn't look like it. That's my whole concept. He didn't look like he was that big. And if he's 
actually smaller than that. You can be really good, but I think we're going to find the weakness. Mm-hmm. So that that's my whole spiel on him, is he might be a really good player. I think the other side of that coin, too, is you can have all the measurables in the world. Oh, yeah, it doesn't, and, it doesn't and still make, not yeah. show up on Friday nights. Oh, yeah, I mean, just because you're the right size doesn't mean that you're going to be amazing, that's for sure. Just because you have every offer in the world save for Alabama doesn't mean you're going to really show up on the stat sheet on Friday night. Yeah, he's still a puppy. Still a puppy. He's still a puppy. That was the whole point. No, that kid did look good, though. I, I like the way he plays. Um, yeah, he might be... I mean, ah, it, it seems like player. he does what he's, he's asked. really physical. He does what Quick. he's asked to do. It's yeah. a it's a read and react type defense. You mm-hmm. get hands on, read, runner pass, and then proceed yeah. from there. It's not like, you know, back when I played or even kind of similarly now, I guess, since it's still the same front ish structure where it's attack and react. It's react then attack. Yeah. Uh so Yeah, I just I just question if he's gonna be able to take take on lead blocks over and over again yeah. is he gonna like what's gonna happen after a couple of those right that mm-hmm. that's my whole question with him i think he you know he does a good job of what i was watching but what's gonna happen when you get punched in the face like three four or five times in a row we're running right at you mm-hmm. then what and that's the thing i think a lot of people don't understand is when you have like a stud down there in the box on the line, your first instinct would be just, Oh, run away from him. Mm-hmm. No, you run, a, you want to run yeah. right at that cat. And like you said, you want to punch him in the mouth. You want to see how he reacts. You want to see if he's going to be able to handle that kickout block 20, 25, 30 times in the game. You want to see if he can, okay, this looks like a kickout block. Oh wait, no, it's a pass. Okay. No, I have to go to my pass rush moves. You want to see how he can play it the entire game while the offense is making a concerted effort to attack him specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think he reads the mesh well. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of hangs up in the middle, waits to see where it goes, and then follows it. And it worked in those games. I wonder if that would work when the offensive play actually goes the way it's supposed to. Because once you're waiting and reacting, like you might be out of it. He's he's fast, so he can still get there. But also, I think he was that play when they left him unblocked. Yeah, did a great job of getting down the line really quick. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you let him have one of those to test it. You know, let's see how fast he actually is against us. Yeah, and then hit him with a boot right off of it because he was just blindly down the line. Hit him with a boot one time, see what happens. So couple things on that one. Uh, your first is about him like sitting on the mesh, reading it, waiting it out. That's a way that you can handle the option without having to change the structure of your defense. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one other common way is a scrape exchange where the DN just crashes on the dive. Yeah. And then your backside linebacker scrapes backside over top into the alley. Well, if you want to do that, then you're changing up the structure of your defense, how they want to play. And how el- what else are you going to have to change to make everything right, to make everything work? Um, so a way you can negate all that, know where the ball's going, and keep everybody else playing the same way they're used to is just have the D-end is the quarterback guy. So he just sits on the read, and then once the guy's you know handed the ball off, then you can go crash on that run play. Caden Woolard made a living out of that on his time in the line. Um, 
And a lot of it, too, is, you know, if you're just almost to right there on par with the athleticism of the running back, then, hey, you know, you can be able to sit there, read it out, and then go crash and make a tackle in the backfield. Like, good on you, kid. You're going to be going to some kind of, you know, some kind of college somewhere to play ball. Uh, if not, well, then defensively, hey, we know where the ball's going and everybody else played accordingly. Mm-hmm. Also, we don't really run that much option, so might not be something that we can really attack within our system. Not that I think it's a bad thing we don't. You know, we still have a sophomore quarterback that is developing week after week after week. Hell of an arm. Um, seems to have a good head on his shoulders, strictly football-wise, you know. And that's not something I want to run like 15, 20 times a game. Yeah. Or let the defense tell me I'm running him 15, 20 times a game. So might not be something we really attack that much, but I do like the idea of, you know, that boot action off of it. Hey, you're running down the line chasing something where the, the ball's 15, 20 yards to the other side of you. Sorry, kid. Um, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we attack him. Um, any other guys stand out on the roster at all to you? Yeah, we can go through it real quick. Uh, offensive line, 270, 250, 280, 240, 250. Uh, three seniors, a junior and a sophomore. Little undersized, decent age and experience. Yeah, it seems like their best offensive lineman, 6'6", 285. He hasn't played this year. Mm. So... Uh, take that for whatever it's worth. He was hasn't the, played yet. He was their highest viewed guy on huddle for whatever that's worth to you. He has an offer from Pitt. Uh, their running backs committed to Navy. Receivers enjoy taking care of those twenty uniforms, kid. One seventy five, one fifty five, one seventy five, one fifty five. Wow. Um. Yeah, I mean, let's see here. Defensive line, 245, 275, 220. Uh, kind of talked about it. They they have good speed. They come off well. Um, linebackers, 205, 200, 185, 180. That's the jackbacker. That's 180. Little guy. Uh, kind of a common tendency with these guys. You know, they got some speed. They, they're aggressive. Yeah. They come downhill. Uh, safety, one of their safeties, 62180. Uh, West Virginia offer. Okay. Uh, it seems like in general their defensive backs kind of like to read the quarterback. Kind of have their eyes in the backfield I mean, kind of hey, thing. If that's what they're taught to do, that's what they're taught to do. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Quarterback offers from UConn and Temple. Okay. Uh, accurate, good arm strength, throws the ball well and on time. Um I mean, yeah, I, I saw some potential from them, but their offense does not show that. No. The numbers don't reflect that. So, interesting to see where the disconnect is with that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, their corners, 155 and 170. Good cover skills. Aggressive. Got some speed. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously not a whole lot of information on this out-of-state opponent, but you got their roster, watch a little bit of them on film, so we have an idea of who they are. Mm-hmm. That's more than most can probably say about them right now. So um, it'll be interesting. Obviously the numbers aren't in their favor. No. But 
on paper, it seems like they, they have some talent out there. Um, saw some good players on film, saw some good plays on film. So it's not going to be a complete pushover, but I want to see where that disconnect is because obviously there's something going on with them or the competition in Delaware Yeah, to where as they're not putting up points. I mean, I think just a couple like more smaller details that I kind of picked up on, they run almost strictly zone runs, you know, no pulling linemen at all. Um, and it looked like the competition kind of did the same. So I don't know if their defense, their inside linebackers are going to be ready for a 280, 300-pound guard pulling around, coming downhill right at them. Um, and the flip side of that is, yeah, they have the option. They have – you got ways you can spice up zone. But at the end of the day, it's still just a zone run. And your defense can, you know, once your defense starts teeing off on it, what do you have to go to when we stuff it? Yeah. And if you don't have anything else in the playbook for that, and you're just going to be passing all night, whew, are we going to have a field day just making that low D1 quarterback look like a not D1 quarterback at all? Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, there's a disconnect somewhere. I mean, maybe they're just not that good. Maybe there is no disconnect. <laughs> I got playing time against a team that had like five NFL stars on it. That is true. Yeah. Like that, I think that speaks volumes more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I'm not cards on the table. I'm not expecting much from this team on Friday. Yeah, I guess we'll see. You still got to come out there and uh, prove a point, make a statement. Yeah. Um, don't let teams hang around. Uh, and go out there, play your best game. Mm-hmm. And you know they're coming in here for you know half of it is that they're coming here in here for the show. I assume they're probably going to stop at the Hall of Fame. They come, they see Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, they see the fans, they see everything that's going on, the band, the fireworks, the scoreboard, the indoor. Live up to it. Yeah. All right. Put on that show between the numbers. Um, only other thing is, you know, hey, it's homecoming week. Put on a show for the fans and everybody else in the stands. You know, that homecoming game, you want to be feeling pretty good after Friday night. You know, go to the dance on Saturday. Like, yeah, we just put up 50 on these cats. Yeah. Everybody on the team wants to get playing time. And, you know, it, it, it's a feel-good week. You come in, you do your business on Friday, and you feel good for the rest of the weekend. So that's all I got on these cats. We got any spreads, fan questions, anything else? Don't have any spreads. Um, I was just kind of looking at, you know, we we didn't ask for fan mail this week. Kind of forgot. Um, Once again, you're free to send us stuff any time of the week, whenever you want. Uh, Let's see here. We had one, this would have been like, over the weekend, I think, like, or maybe, actually, it would have been before the last game. But I don't know if we read it or not. I think it. I think this came in after the podcast last week. Okay. Uh, the team's progressing very well. It's on schedule. Uh, the way that I see it is, if you have a win over more Eds, that puts you well positioned to be a championship contender. Um. I think both of those games are really big for us. Obviously, the Mueller one didn't go our way and exposed a lot of 
missed plays, but I think the way that their offense was able to still put up points in that game, kind of get it close there for a little bit um, for the first week of the year, that that was a big stepping stone for us. And then beating Eds, of course. So, yeah, I think it does make us legitimate championship contenders. I mean, we're not the number one ranked team in the state. No. We're not the number one ranked team in D2. Nope. But um, none of that matters. It's the progression from here on out. I think it was good for us. Um, Banks has really stepped up in just a matter of weeks mm-hmm. um, and proved himself. Uh, need the consistency moving forward. And I, I think that is also big because we, you know, we were harping on him early in the year. Mm-hmm. We know the potential. Now it's starting to really come together, and you're seeing it. I think he had a little bit of a fallback to earth game uh, on Friday night against Fitch, but I don't know. Was he not up for the game? Was it just off night, whatever? Is he only a dude that shows up when the spotlight's on and you're playing Eds and, you know, you got to be there? I don't know because we've seen his peaks. We've seen his valleys, and he's a dude. And when he's when he's a dude, play play by play by play, our offense is pretty hard to defend. Um, yeah, I was watching just kind of rolling through Drew's high school football rewind show. You know, our guest from last week on the YouTube's, and I think it was like week. It was right after the Mansfield game was that episode where he said Maslin's offense is operating at about. I'm paraphrasing, operating at about 50% right now. When they can, when they're firing on us, all cylinders, when they're rolling, they're going to be scary. Because yeah. I don't know how you can defend that. You're going to have to stack the box to stop the run. And then you got Banks, Tolls, Wiggins outside that are making plays. If you want to double cover Banks, if you want to get, pay extra attention to the passing game, you just left a light box for our best player on the field trail. So right now our offense, when it's, when it's hot, it's a pick your poison type thing. And so long as we're firing, we're hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, in the highlights we saw, I think it was a little like a little bang eight route against Fitch that he caught Mm -hmm. and, you know, not a, not a huge play, but what I was impressed with was the hand strength. Looks like he went out there, snagged the ball, um, had a guy draped on him, held on to it. Against Fitch? Yeah. He dropped it. He dropped that one? He didn't follow through. Uh, well, it looked good on the film he showed. Yeah. So that, well, that negates kind of he, my point then. But the, um, it was so you remember we were talking about in the Eds game. The one touchdown, I think it was the wide fade, where he goes up, catches it, yes. and the, the defender tackles the ball, and you can see the snapshots of him yes. just – it was almost exactly like that, except he doesn't hold on to it. Yeah. So that's where I was going with it next. I was going to say, oh, that, yeah. and then last, you know, against yeah. Eds when he did that. Um, and that's what Really was, nice to see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because earlier in the year there was some, um, play, you know, a couple drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple plays where you, you think he could have went up there and played it better in the air, but then it seems like now it's been going better. But you know he, he dropped the one against Fitch, but he, yeah, and that's still a really tough play. I I don't know how he held onto the one against Eds. Yeah. If you watch the snaps, you can watch the video of it. There's a really good angle. But if you watch the snaps, you see it. 
just still shots of where he catches the ball. The defender hits his arm, hits his wrist, hits his hand, hits the ball, mm-hmm. is trying to push the ball out of his hands. The ball almost is like to the ground. It's still secured, but the ball is now pushed like all the way to the ground before he finally rips it away. And it's just stuck in his hand. Like it was part of his hand. Yeah. Um, and that that's what you love to see. The big strong hands where if you can hold on to the ball after that, there's not very many excuses for the rest of your life <laughs> on drops or the ball getting knocked away. I mean, there, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, no matter how strong you are, no matter how secure you have the ball, if somebody gets a solid hit directly on the ball, directly on your hand, I mean, you see in the NFL every single week. And that's why I called it a comeback to earth game for yeah. him. You know, because you see him make the exact same play against Eds, against Fitch, lesser opponent, smaller corners, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't come down with it. And a play like that, as a lineman and as an asshole, I'm going to say, yeah, it hits you in the hands. Come (laughs) down with it every time. But realistically, you're not going to come down with that every time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was one. I remember watching it live, too, and I'm like, oh, he he dropped that. Damn. Thought he had that shit. Mm -hmm. And even on film, too, it was like I I had to watch it a couple times back. I thought he dropped it. It looked like he caught it. Yeah. Uh, But, no, he didn't come down with that one. Um, Yeah, not a big game from him, but we didn't need a big game from him. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I think we pointedly didn't pass the ball for the vast majority of the game. Mm-hmm. So you can't just look at the stat sheet and say, like, oh, you know, he had a bad game. Like, no. It was a comeback-to-earth game. Like, okay, we got stuff we can still work on. He's still a dude. Yeah. Not taking anything away from him right now. So. Last part of the comment is the depth of our running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartson, Pringle, Mitchell, Lennox. Best overall running back lineup of memory. So... My first thing there is I would pump the brakes on calling Pringle a running back. Yes, he gets the rock. Yes, he's in the backfield a bit. I think that's just a a short yardage goal line slash middle finger to Fitch package that we have that he's for the most part going to be a blocker. And when he does get the ball, he's a football player. Like Some dudes are just football players and – you don't need much practice time. Like, hey, take this hand off. Go go be a dude. I wouldn't say he's in the running back rotation with Trell uh, and everybody else. And that's your take on it. That's I'm splitting hairs here. That's your I'm take. Just, I'm just think, saying. I thought you were going to like play semantics. I'm like, oh, I think he's more of like a fullback or he's a no, split no, no. back. He's not a runner. But... No, I, th- I think he, he definitely is a running back for us, especially with Lennox being out. Um, you know that because now you're down to if you're not counting Pringle, you got you got Hartson and you got Trell and Mitchell. Um, but I, I think Pringle is every bit of a rotational piece for us. I think once you have, you know, if Lennox is back, the more bodies you have, it's like you know he's a starting linebacker for us. You know, yeah. first and foremost, but. I think you can use him more than just like a goal line running back. Um, he he does run hard, and I think out of him and Trell, I think he might be the better blocker, and I think Trell's the better runner. So like that that's the way you'd probably so set it up. It, but it you know, makes sense why yeah. Trell's carrying it more and he's blocking more. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you need you have tendencies that go off of it. You know, mm-hmm. run 
So, but I, I think it's very fair to say he's a rotational running back for us, or at least can be. Um, I mean, yeah, you're gonna line him up and give him 28 carries in a game? Maybe not. I mean, Unless we, we our have running back. Yeah, I was like, we have like other bodies. Crutches. Yeah, I'm gonna go down and fight. Well, every that's what I'm saying. Yeah, staff coach, we got because because we have the other bodies. Yeah, and but I'm, he is a starting linebacker for us. Exactly, but I think that is kind of like the definition of rotational. He can still got he can still get out there and get some carries for you. I think now we're getting into. I think you're really arguing like. <laughs> why we shouldn't consider him a running back no, for no reason. I, I'm saying I don't consider him in the rotation. He's in a specific package that we have for him that he's not, you know, like, okay, Trell, let's get let's get Trell a breather. Brangle! Like, that's not happening. It's more, it's the short yardage goal line, go F yourself package, where we need a big dude in there that can hit. Well, if you're out there in the backfield... You are. He is a running back. Yes, an I'm athlete. He's not in the you're an athlete that we it. use. All right, but it, it's talking about talent. I guess this is more about talent. We have a talented guy that we can use in the backfield. Whether he's in the, a rotational running back or not, I think the idea is how many different bodies we can use in the backfield. Then, yeah, by that lens, yes, absolutely. We have a talented backfield. Yep. And. I really can't wait to see what we can do with Lennox when he comes back, if he can be that piece that we wanted him to be in the preseason of a guy that can bounce between the slot, split out wide, or in the backfield. Yeah, especially now that we've established some other guys at receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas at the beginning of the year, I was hoping we could use Lennox in the slot to draw attention away from Banks because we didn't have – I knew we had some young talent – but they didn't have any experience. Now we have other guys that we've proven we can use and teams have to respect. So now you're kind of just adding Lennox out there as another piece. Mm-hmm. And teams, you know, are they are they just going to treat him like any other guy? Are they going to kind of shift their defense for him? Because, you know, he's going to be coming off an injury, but the assumption is, is whenever he's healthy, he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be right back to being one of the fastest people in the state of Ohio. So... That is something that you got to respect at least a little bit. Yeah, I, I just think the potential there. You could just line up in the slot and just have them run a, <laughs> just run a sprint down the middle of the field. And I think there are going to be some fans that are caught off by that. Just like, oh shit, <laughs> who is that? Yeah, <laughs> Tyreek Hill just streaking down the field. We didn't even throw it that way. We ran it. No one. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter just you just saw this flash go down the field it's like oh shit yeah like all right we're we're opening windows now boys windows shall be opened and you know we're going to get you the ball in space and let you go be a freak Mm -hmm. and i think we've shown enough on offense this year schematically creatively that we're gonna be able to use them in different ways you know like i said the before that the first First week is who you think you are. Then after that is figure yourself out. And we've shown quite a bit. We're ugh, we're almost a we're this amorphous blob of we can pound the ball down your throat or we can spread it out for a wide and tread you. And whatever you're worse at is what we're going to attack. So having that extra piece in there, yeah, I that 
is just a flash on the field. I think he'll get used just right. Yeah. So, anything else? Uh, there was one comment about watching the replay on TV of the game. Read it. I was going to paraphrase. Or paraphrase. I was. Okay, then read it then. <laughs> Watched watch the replay, period. To me, the camera coverage was even worse, period. If that's possible, period. Uh, yes, I mean, obviously we've gotten some people's ears. Yeah. Um, Just not the right ones, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. I... I mean, they've been doing it for as long as I've been alive. So, yeah. I, I don't know what they did before that. I know everybody talks about how great the 100th game was filmed. And everybody, I, I've heard yeah. the amount of people that I've, they like to make this comparison. They say the 100th game film is better than our current film. It, you know what? That's fine. Because it's the hundredth Maslin McKinley game. Okay, but here's you my had thing. ESPN, was... you, we were the like cover of Sports Center. You had Bart Starr for the coin toss. Yes, the quality is going to be up a little bit. Okay, but I'm saying is, was that ESPN's everything doing all of the film for us, or was that also still us? Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Why can't they just replicate that? I don't know. You know, that that's my whole thing. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, it's a big game. You do it up best. But it's like, can't you just still do that, like, just now? Like, I, I had a slideshow a few weeks ago. Replicate the stuff we did last year. Some good, some bad. Yeah, yeah. some good, some bad. Zoom out. It, it's literally just, hey, camera two, zoom out a little bit. A little more. A little more. A little bit. Hey, hey. Perfect. That's it. That's all it takes. Yeah. I don't have an issue with them zooming in on the ball carrier once there's a ball carrier. But, like, when it's just – when the quarterback's dropping back, I want to see the field. Yeah. Uh, you want to see what's going on. Yeah. That's – like – Those angles are great for, like, highlights, um, after-the-play stuff, you know, replays. Mm. I want to watch the play first – and then, like, let me go into the, some of that zoomed-in stuff after that. Exactly. Like, if there's a like, you know, if a quarterback gets sacked and you have that close-in angle, like, yeah, that's awesome. But what if he doesn't get sacked? What if he throws a deep pass? Like, I don't see it anymore. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I guess if you have the manpower, you can still have some zoomed-in stuff. But, like, let the main play be the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Is what it is. Zoom out. I was even watching, so I was texting you guys about this, but I somehow ended up in the East Press Box for the first half of the game. Booster Club does it upright. I mean, had a hell of a spread out there, great seats, had the live broadcast in there as well. So it's like I could watch the game and watch the broadcast too. And I would look up at the broadcast, I'm like, I can't see shit on this. Well, same old, same old, I guess. Back to watching the live game. So yeah, I it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be this hard. It's literally just zooming out. There's mm-hmm. this camera movement when you zoom out. You get more of everything going on. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Anything else? 
No, don't have any spreads. Don't have a question of the week or too much fan mail or whatever. So, um, let me see. Let's see what old uh, Drew Pastor, the Fantastic Fifty, has for us with the spread of this game. I know he kind of makes it a point to Fantastic Fifty. Football. He, he kind of makes it a point to say, like, it's so, it would be so impossibly hard to track all of the out-of-state teams that every Ohio team plays like he does Ohio, that the numbers might not be as accurate. But coming down the stretch here, I mean, he's got us, he's got us ranked number one in Region 7. My uh, computer points were number two. Yeah, but I mean that's computer points. That's that, that is. I know. He, is. I know he has us ranked number two in the state for D two. Also, he also had us winning by ten against Fitch. So I think this is a big pump up type game for us in his numbers. He's got us winning by twenty three. So how do we feel about that one? Yeah, I mean I'm comfortable with it. Um. Not sure what the local spread's going to be. I'd imagine that they don't give a lot of respect to out-of-state schools that aren't on like the ESPN list. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the local spread is probably like that, if not higher. Just because they, you know, yeah. they don't just blindly don't respect out-of-state schools very much. I mean, mass and twenty, mass and minus twenty-three. I'm hammering that one, like. Could tease me another ten points. I'm still hammering that one. Uh, yeah. So that's that's all he's got. But ew. he's got us beating. He's got us minus thirty nine against Canisius and minus twenty seven against McKinley. So, like I said earlier in the pod, not necessarily the hardest schedule coming down the stretch. But hey. I like us minus 31. I'll take Madison minus 31. Okay. Not a normal football score, but this seems like a team that's going to give us a funky score at the end. So, we'll see. Middletown, Delaware. What is their mascot? It's like Cavalier or Crusader or something. What did I send you? I sent it to you guys. Um... Cavaliers. Cavaliers? Yeah. All right. I guess with that, we'll wrap it up. Call our night. Go Tigers. Beat the Cavs. Go Tigers.